Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists, editorial board members, and columnists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by Richard Webner, freelance business writer for the Express News. He joins the show today to talk about the crazy spike in property tax values. Welcome to the show, Richard. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. All right. So this whole tax appraisal stuff has just sent shockwaves through San Antonio. We talked about it on Pluto Politics earlier today. What can you tell us about what happened and why it happened? Well, um, basically, San Antonio's housing market is is really hot right now. There are um, a lot of people moving to San Antonio and a lot of people looking to buy a home. And there are more people looking to buy a home than there are homes out there for them to buy. So that drives up prices. That's at least one of the factors driving up prices, which uh, that's been going on for a while. But um, especially now, since the pandemic, with um, all of the problems that has caused with the supply chain and with finding labor, that has only made it worse in terms of the the number of homes available, which has driven up prices more. So um, prices are just uh, just increasing at a rate that has not been seen here in recent history, if ever. And um, that has caused um, property tax uh, or property appraisals uh, to go up in value significantly, 23% for the average house over the last year, which is driving up people's taxes. And um, that, that's a big concern for a lot of people. And because I'm, I'm not well versed in this, I'm curious as to who is responsible for the appraisals to begin with. Is it something that the state does? Is it the city? Who's responsible? Um, it's the Bayer Appraisal District, um, and it they operate in large part um, under state law, which kind of says what they have to do, um, what, what they should what they should do, um, and dictates a lot of how they do the process. But um, yeah, so it, it is their um, duty to um, to value properties in Bayer County, and they do this every single year, correct? Yes, yeah, they do it every year. They have a they have a process. They um they co- try they try to compare each property or I, I guess to limit it to um to homes. They they try to they they divide the city into neighborhoods and they they try to compare each home to other homes in the neighborhood. So when a property when a home is bought or sold, they try to determine um how much it was sold for. Um, and they use that information to value other homes that they consider to be comparable in the um, the area. The the thing about Texas is that it's one of the I think um, eleven or twelve states in the U.S. that does not um, it's not public information how much um, homes are bought and sold for, which makes it um, more difficult for the appraisal district to value the homes. But they they try to gather as much information as they can to make those um, determinations. Another thing that's different about Texas from other states is, of course, our lack of state income tax. But I do know that a lot of these property taxes or one of the bigger line items for these property taxes is our public school system here. What what else do these property taxes help pay for? Um, They, you know, parts of it goes to, I mean, the the city, the county, the um, the county health system, university—I um, think the university health system—they um, 
the um, Alamo Community Colleges. Um, you already mentioned school districts. So, I mean, you know, the, the city collects part of it and part of that goes to service the city's debt. Like, you know, the city will take out bonds like the next month. Um, residents of San Antonio will vote on the city's newest bond package. And um, part of what the city collects um, goes to pay off that debt. One of the people you mentioned in your story is Beatriz Cortez. And you sort of use her as an example of, I'd say, when this whole thing sort of goes wrong in terms of the, the, the spike in property taxes. Can you talk about her story and specifically the homestead exemption? Yeah. So um, if you live in your home as the primary residence, you can qualify for a homestead exemption, which it's, this is all very complicated, but it basically limits how much your um, taxes can go up each year if you have that exemption. And there are other exemptions that are available to seniors and to the disabled and some for veterans. Um, And um, Beatrice Cortez, she, um, she lives, I, you know, I find her story very interesting. I actually met her several years ago when I was writing full-time for the Express News. Um, and I was writing another article about property taxes. And um, she and her husband were married in 1960, and they bought a home shortly thereafter in Government Hill, which is east of downtown. Um, and r- not long after they bought their home, um, the I, I think an entire city block in ne- across the street from their home was just demolished to make way for what would later become Interstate 35. Um, so her house, if you visit it, it's pretty striking. It's it's right across the street from the highway. Um, but it's I, I find her story very, um, I guess you could say, heartening because if you visit her home, you'll see that uh, it's you know it's a beautiful home and. Um, she and her husband and her family put a lot of effort into making it a really nice home over the decades, even though they, they had a highway across the street. And, um, but you know, they, they stayed there for decades. They, she, she and her husband raised a family there and her husband, uh, died a couple years ago. And now she's struggling with heart, with health problems, um, like high blood pressure, which has forced her to move with a family member in Floresville. Um, and she lost that homestead exemption. So now her the property value has gone up a lot because um, that's kind of an area of the city that's seen seeing more interest from investors and people wanting to buy houses there. And she doesn't have that exemption anymore. So that's that's a difficulty for her. And she's um, she's hoping to rent to 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 help pay for that. And speaking of help, you you wrote I think this was on the on the thirteenth. And by the way, for all our listeners, as always, these articles that we talk about they're going to be linked in this episode's description. But you you have a button on there that says how to appeal. What what is that appeal process like? What can what can people expect as they go through that appeal process? Um. Yeah. So you know. Um, Michael Amasquita, who I spoke with for the story, he's the um, the director of the appraisal district, and it's really he's he's a really interesting guy to talk to. I think because um, you know he he encourages uh, people to appeal their appraisals, uh, which you know I you know he, he, it's kind of funny to to hear someone 
who leads an organization that puts this work into making an appraisal and then he's telling you to dispute it basically. But that's, that's kind of when you um, protest it, that's when they like look really closely at the property um, and you can bring in evidence that you feel disproves their appraisals. Like for example, um, it, let's say that you live in a neighborhood and one, and they'll, 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 they say, they give you a packet that says like, here's how we determined your appraisal. Here are the properties that we compared it to. Well, if you see that one of those properties, let's say is a house that is bigger than yours and they did like this big renovation uh, a year or two ago and you haven't done any renovations. So you could go in and you could say, well, Hey, I don't think that it's fair for you to compare my house to this house because it, they did the, all these big renovations, which pushed up their value, but we haven't done that. So we're not of a comparable um, value. So that, that's the kind of thing. And he, he really encourages, I think his, his number one advice is just protest as soon as possible if you're going to protest. And I will uh, note to our listeners, there is a deadline to appeal your property taxes. And that deadline is May 16th. It's outlined in the article. Uh, I'll have all those links in the episode's description. And there was one more story I wanted to talk to you about uh, before you before I let you go, and that was uh, you spoke to the Hotel Contessa's general manager Dan Waters, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it was for a piece for SA Inc. to which you're a regular contributor with uh, alongside Madison Eisler, obviously Greg Jefferson, and Michael Taylor, uh, who will be on the show later uh, this week as well. But w- what else can you tell us about what Dan Waters said about the state of the hospitality industry? Yeah, um, he he is very um, optimistic about the hospitality specter, uh, sector, and I've I've spoken with um, other people who I've pretty much you know I, I report a lot on real estate and hotels and all of that, and I've probably spoken with at least a half dozen people from the hospitality industry over the last I don't know six months or so, and I, I really think that everyone I've spoken with is very um, bullish on the industry. They really think that it's it's coming back from the pandemic. You know, I think during the pandemic, there was a lot of concern over whether um, uh, conventions would ever happen again, like they had happened before, you know, whether maybe they would be largely virtual in the future. But I think a lot of, I think that most, it seems like most people in the industry really think that conventions are coming back and conventions are a a pillar for the hospitality industry in San Antonio. Cause you know, we have this big convention center, we have all these big hotels around the convention center that basically function to host people who are going to conventions. So it really relies on that. And um, he he feels good about it. And other people I've spoken with feel good about it too. I mean, there are lots of hotels, as, as he points out, that are in the works right now coming through the pipeline. And so we'll, we'll see new hotels opening within the next two, three, four, five years. And that says a lot about how people feel about the hospitality industry. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, Richard, thank you so much for joining the show and t- giving us your expertise. I really appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. Hopefully we can have you on again. Thank you.